If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the Other Women Community. The Other Women Community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences. We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. All right, let's jump into the episode. It feels a little bit like I've been internet dating these women for a while, like getting to know them, hearing their stories, right? And so then whenever I meet them like and have a in-time conversation, a present one, it's always so interesting to me because I think when I'm writing to these girls and or women, I got like my hand slapped for referring to women as girls the other day and that I need to stop calling them girls. Anyways, tangent. But whenever I go from having like a written dialogue with them to a in-person live conversation, it's such a weird experience because it's like, I got to know what I got to know very intimate details of them through writing. And then to have a conversation where we're talking, it's different. It's a different form of communication. It's usually the other way around. Is it? Yeah. Usually you get to know the person and then you get to know their intimate stuff. And you get the other way around. Like you get to know their intimate oh, yeah. stuff and then you get to know the person. Well, all of a sudden, you know, once like somebody comes up to me and they tell me like, like yesterday I got a phone call from somebody in my real life that was like, I listened to your podcast. Now I'm ready to dish. When that happens, I always think it's so interesting because then what happens in my head is I start to recalibrate. I'm like, oh shit, what did I say? And was what I said intended for this person did I intend for them specifically to receive this story or did I just kind of like put that story out there, you know, just put it out there? Does it matter? No, not really. Because it, when like when that one woman called me and was like ready to dish, I was like, it's working. It's working. Like I went onto the Internet and said I did something that I'm really ashamed of. Uh, anybody else relate? And uh, people came back with like a resounding yes. And so even with this one woman that called me yesterday, whenever she had told me, it's no longer surprising to me when people in my real life come up to me and say, oh, I did that too. I'm like, oh, okay. Like not that unique. And the sky is blue. <laughs> and the sky is blue. Oh, you cheated. And the sky is blue. Okay, so what do you what do you think it is when I have relationships with the girls in the community or women in the community? Damn, this is going to be a tough habit to break. Because one of the girls that's in the community, right? Because everybody in the community knows that I'm doing this gigantic move right now. And I've been very honest about how difficult it is for me because, it, I don't know, I love really hard. I love very deeply and hard. Then when you do that, and you do it really well, you also have to get really good at letting go, mm -hmm. right? So uh, I'm not going to say her name, but mm -hmm, sent me a message the other day, and she was like, I just want to check in on you. I know you're going through something big. And it was just so sweet. It was so sweet for me to have this, I don't know. But she had said, checking in on you, how are you handling life and the move? And I said, 
I told her, I've been disassociating pretty good for like the last six months. And honestly, it's paying off. (laughs) The disruption in our normalcy is annoying, but I know how I'm on the cusp of something brilliant. We wanted dramatic change like two years ago and it's here. It's all a mixture of emotions right now. Leaving my current and real life best friend was the worst of it. And of course it sucks knowing that the closeness her and I had was a seasonal existence and that likely will not be had again by her and I specifically, but we will always be the type of friends that can pick up where we left off. She's been such a great friend to me and I know it's a loss for the both of us, but damn, does it make space for freshness too. And mm-hmm, my girl one of my favorites, she said, ah, your outlook is so refreshing. I have been getting into that mindset a lot this week, the making space for freshness. I don't do well in the middle space, but I realized that hanging on to the old was limiting me so much and I'm letting go and embracing and seeing what good is coming in. Also, you don't lose those connections. They will change, but never lost. Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel like we kind of pour into each other in this way. And like, I don't know, it's kind of like, no, there's seriously very little to be ashamed about inside of this community that I have built. The Shameless community. Have you ever seen the show Shameless? No. You know how ignorant I am. You don't watch shows, Kevin. You're not ignorant. So yeah, the relationships inside the community are definitely flourishing. I'm very happy about it. I really don't think that I could be any more happier. It's been three months. People have now renewed. How do you feel about the community? I don't think that this podcast was about the community, but I think it's... I mean, I think the community warrants an entire episode, though. I'm I'm more interested in, like, how how do you feel as a creator? Because, like, you've built this. And, like, it's been now three months. How do I feel as a creator? I feel powerful. Interesting. I do. Why? I do. Why powerful? There could have been all the words Uh, that you could have chosen. You chose powerful. Because there's so many ideas that I've had that I've never seen come to fruition. Mm. And this one has. And I know that it is not. And when I say powerful, I'm not talking about like me. I'm talking about what I am creating is powerful. Mm -hmm. Like it... I mean, I'd be a liar if I said that this wasn't in part for me. Like, I love learning. I love growing. I love having very intense, deep conversations with people because I think it's when you have those deep conversations, you it's almost like you clip away like little things that are tethering you to your misery. Like you see things so clearly, like some of the girls in the community will send me videos, right? Because that is almost like their preferred method of communication and anything goes. I think this, this particular video, she might've been nude in it. I don't know. She was, she was, I do know. By the way, everyone who's listening to this, I <laughs> do so have access to the community, but I don't watch any videos. <laughs> not, uh, not my DMs. I'm not there. Not my DMs. <laughs> no. That's really funny. But yeah, she'll send me videos. And so like, I'll, I'll wait like a couple of weeks and I'll watch it as soon as she sends it to me. And then I'll watch a video that she sent me a few weeks prior to see like her overall demeanor. How is it changing? How are the things that are coming out of her mouth changing? And just her overall thought life, how is it changing? And this one woman in particular, I can see her becoming 
the boldest version of herself. And it's almost like slowly she's starting to do less and less and less for other people and more for herself. So I think that, I don't know, it's funny. It's like whenever new people come into the community, they kind of share their thoughts on some of the women in the community. And it's never anything negative. I mean, these are a group of really good girl women. <laughs> God, this is going to really suck for me. And Judy on TikTok, she calls me out on it all the time um, that I call women girls. Does it matter? Uh, what is the problem but with that? Yes. Does it matter? It probably bothers Judy more than it bothers me. So why do you care? I care that people, that I speak to people in a way that they want to be spoken to. But you're not direct, like, you're not talking to her, would, you're talking to your girls. It's like, is, does anyone am, in the, does anyone in the community is like, oh, I don't want you to call me girl? You're right. You're don't right. care about that the one individual. The girls in the community Sorry, are, they don't critique me. Oh, uh, we better clip this and I'm going to put it on TikTok just for her. <laughs> oh, honestly. Like, just kidding. Bad use of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, look at how much space I she's, like her, she's, though. She's, 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 a, she's taken into like this episode already. Like you have to th rethink your answers because. She, I know. I know. Oh, oh. But I like This is the thing, though, is the reason why I open up this conversation is also so that I can learn and grow. She will, but you don't got to deal with her. I know. I know. It's so funny. It's but so funny. Here's the thing. Uh, like, she should also accept you the way you are, right? And if this is the way you're talking, it's like everyone on Twitter calls me bro. I don't call anyone bro. I call everyone by their name, just the way they, they deserve. Anyway. I started calling my kids bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. And I think of you every time because it, you told me uh, that you didn't want I don't. to be the type of man that calls people bro. And you found yourself around a group of friends and you started using it. You started saying that word and you were like, I don't fucking like that. This isn't me. No, I like, I don't care how people call me, but I don't. I don't, myself, I don't associate with it. I do know what you're saying. Me using, me correcting myself and using the word girls instead, or using the word women instead of girls, it's really not that necessary. But yes, the community is fucking popping. Some of the private conversations that I've been having have been great. I mean, I get questions asked of me all the time inside the community, right? And I finally found the most surprising one. You want to hear what the most surprising Tell me. question I have received in this whole venture? Tell me. Are your boobs real? Yeah, I'm out of this conversation. <laughs> you need a female host. I really think you need a female host. I'm not even joking. Anyone who wants to apply for the position, please Maybe send my... me an email. It's Kevin at theotherwomanandthewife.com. <laughs> if you think that you're a good female co-host and want to talk about infidelity, you're welcome to take my place. There will be no equity share. You'll just be welcome to be a co-host. <laughs> no equity share. Oh my God, that's so fucking great. But that was the most surprising question. Why was that the most surprising one? I was like, oh, I don't know. I guess... The reason why it is the most surprising is I'm starting to realize that people value or people like, right? Like we all look at other people 
right? I can make observations of people time and time again, but most of my observations are about their behavior, not their appearance, like almost ever, like ever. I really try, you know what I mean? So for you, it was the most surprising one because that's not the way your brain works. It wasn't about behavior. Yeah, it's not. It's not the way that my brain works. And I actually, when she sent me that question, I didn't respond to it at first because I was busy. But then I realized not responding, right? We've been going over this in the community. No answer is a communication too. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, I don't want her to think that like I'm not comfortable answering that question or anything. So I answered her and I laughed very hard about her question with Stan. But I don't know. I feel like the questions we ask also say a lot about ourselves. I agree. What would you say then about her? I think uh, physical appearance is uh, something that she values. Mm -hmm. And understanding physical appearance and how altering physical appearance can change the way that you feel, all of that. So it's it's neither a good or bad thing. I think it's just something to be aware of Mm -hmm. and that it's totally fine. It's totally fine to value appearance in that way. Mm -hmm. I think it's also a thing over like, if you are looking into other people's appearances, it's definitely because you're also looking like you value your own appearance in a certain way. And if you validate other people's appearances, one of the things that you might look into your past is that you really liked when you were validated about your physical appearance. And that might be one thing that you like in being in Mm -hmm. a relationship, which means that you like to have compliments. And that is something that you can communicate with your partner so that you feel more loved in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Because that's one of the five love languages, which is complimenting and validating your whatever you are words of affirmation yeah oh yes actually i i actually want to go to that conversation she and i actually we were having an interesting conversation she basically is opening up the idea of going into a throuple experience with her affair partner and his wife oh wow which I try so hard. I try so hard to keep my personal bias at bay here because I really do want these women, girls, women to lead their own lives and make their own choices, you know? And so like me reserving my personal bias is like hard to do. It's very hard. Worst comes but to worst. It's an experience. She mentioned this. Worst comes to worst. Say it again. Worst comes to worst. It's an experience. It is. Yes, it is an experience, but is it really an experience that she needs to have to know whether she would like that or not? I feel like she's already had that experience and it wasn't great. Doesn't trouble need, don't you need to also be, so isn't trouble like wife loves wife and man, man loves wife and wife? Like don't every... They all three have a relationship together. So she has to have a relationship with but the I just... wife. <laughs> Don't you need to build that relationship as well? Like, I, I'm, I'm curious because I have no idea. I just watched one documentary about that once and I was like, damn, this is complicated. <laughs> it is complicated. It is complicated. But she said, she said one of the first conversations I had messaging with her affair partner is that she doesn't believe in monogamy anymore and that she is a person who, who's excited about love in the honeymoon phase for two to five years and then it eventually wears off and who really wants the unexciting predictable shit okay 
So I told her, I said, I think that there's a difference between monogamy and sexual exclusivity and transparency, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is all about like, can you be your authentic self inside of relationships or do you change who you are in every single one of them type thing? Like how much of herself is she bending just so she can be with these people who are conveniently geographically located near her, you know? Mm -hmm. But when I asked her, I told her, I said, I think there's a difference between monogamy and sexual exclusivity. And she goes, what's the difference? I've only ever slept with six men in my life. So this is the best part. Get ready, Kevin. Contrary to my ex-husband calling me a stupid slut, I'm actually pretty innocent sexually. And I told her, I said, if you were a stupid slut, you'd probably still be married to him. Ooh. Took me a while. But yeah, she, I feel like she does a lot of stuff for other people. So what is the difference between monogamy? Monogamy, so it's interesting. Esther Perel says a lot in her stuff. She's like, monogamy went from one person for life to one, a per, one person at a time. Like there's so much we... Oh, oh yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I tell her like monogamy, like whether you believe in monogamy or not, doesn't really matter because monogamy is a choice. It's obviously it exists. There are cultures who practice monogamy, right? Like there are tons of human beings on this earth who go to an arranged marriage. They're with one person for their entire lives. I don't know that life. That is not the situation, the circumstance that I was born into Mm -hmm. or a circumstance that I put myself into. So whenever people are like, I don't think monogamy is real. It's like, sure it is. It does exist. It's a choice that people make. Sometimes that choice is made for them with, you know, culturally what they're born into and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I think that the thruple experience question shouldn't be born. Well, it's not really up to me. But I think that if you if you have an affair with somebody and you really don't like their wife and then you start to entertain a thruple experience, that isn't you wanting a throuble experience. That's you making compromises on stuff that you want for, for somebody else other than you. Because ultimately, she wants her affair partner. She wants to be chosen. She wants to be with him. She sees him as a very valid place to expend her energy and her time. But at what cost? Right. Like she's already expressed to me how important it is to her to have somebody in her bed at night that she can come home to. Like she wants she wants that security, that stability, all of that. And with a thruple experience, you're not giving yourself that. Well, in a thruple, you have two people to love. Right. So if there is not one person, there is the other person. That's how I would see it. Yeah. Chelsea's like, no. I don't know. I feel like that's a, I don't know. When I think of this specific situation, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like this is just a lot of backsliding because that's easier to accommodate than doing the tough stuff to go forward and keep climbing up. I guess the real question or the most important question should be, because she said like she's She's had partners, she says, like, five years, honeymoon period, and then the boring stuff. 
which is the predictable stuff. It's really like, what makes it predictable? What is it that you need to make it unpredictable? And I've heard from Jay Shetty, he's like a life coach. He's like, mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he and his wife, they literally like, they for every day, for example, that they don't spend together, they spent like they take one day for themselves and that that does not mean like what themselves staying in front of the couch and watching a tv series but it looks it's more like okay what is your love language oh i love adventures i am more of a giving person okay so for you like to satisfy you we are going to do i know kayak or something and then for me we are going to do this and we're going to experience that together they they spend at least one to two days a week where they are doing something completely different that is just for them and that's how it like yeah you have fun because that that's the thing the same thing like if you think about it it's the same th- the same thing as saying oh after three four years i don't want to be friends with you anymore yeah it doesn't make sense <laughs> like i have friend like I, my friends like it's not because of that that i'm going to stop loving them no we just do something new or like we just talk about something different and Obviously, friendship is completely different because we are we don't talk all every day and and so on. But still, it's not the the reason why you that you are friends is not because you live with them or or anything. It's, you do stuff with them. You discover mm-hmm. new parts, and mm-hmm. I think that's the the main thing that should be looked at. It's like what is it that you need in order to feel validated, or what is it that you need that keeps it exciting, whatever that is. And five love languages can can help a lot. Yeah, Gary Chapman by the way. Yeah. Wrote that. Yeah. I always forget his name. <sighs> the five leveling. I, you know, but here's the problem with me is that like the five love languages, like I start to invalidate anything that has like the, uh, mega church. It doesn't mean aspect that, to it. I'm like, mm. this does not mean mm. that this is the Bible. Okay. You can start with this. Right, right, right. If this works for you, then okay. If it doesn't, the other way. Like the other model that I talked to you about is like another to, in order to have a successful relationship, you need three things. Like with your partner, you need intimacy. Intimacy in terms of like you are able to be emotionally connected with them and there is an emotional space. You You feel okay to talk to them without feeling judged, without feeling like you should be scared about anything. So you have this emotional intimacy. Can you manufacture that type of connection? You can build it. You cannot manufacture it. I think you can build it. Can you like, you? yeah, mm-hmm. you can build it. You just have to be willing to, right? Yeah. Like I was thinking about this the other day because plenty of people point out, they're like, why didn't you just stay married to your ex? You cheated on him. The least you could do was stay in the marriage. I was like, are you oh, wow. fucking kidding me? No, no. It's a horrible reason for anybody to stay married. The least you could do is stay married with him. <laughs> really? Really? You're going to give the reckless individual, oh, right? No. The reckless individual. You're going to tell the reckless individual the least you could do is stay married to him. No, you're not. Anyway. And so people always point out, they're like, oh, why why wouldn't you have just stayed? And I, I find myself wondering this more often than not, if there is something cosmic about the connection that two people have, yes, long-term relationships take effort and all of that. But what I experienced with the whole falling in love thing with Stan, like understanding the, I'll say the law of attraction and why people 
feel drawn to certain people. That really did help educate me as to kind of like creating my own fence line, I guess, of like, okay, like if I feel magnated towards this person, I actually have to understand why, because it's likely they have something about them that I want for myself. And if I'm not aware of what it is, then I'm never going to get it. And I'm never going to get it just by being intimate with them. Like I can ask them questions and understand why they have this certain attribute about themselves. But in order for me to get it, I have to do it for myself, not rely on them to give it to me. Yeah. How does this connect to the emotional? Well, because it was like, I think that the connection, right? Like there's manufactured and then there's built with effort over time. I feel like when I say manufacture, I mean like it just, it's there. And like Stan and I were a magical experience and whatever. No, I think that we, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so the, the other two, the other two factors in this, the the other two factors on this theory side of the theory, by the way, this comes from Simon Sinek and Stephen Barlett's episode in the diary of a CEO. The other two, so one is emotional availability, emotional connection. You feel free to talk to them and emotionally the other one is physical attraction or sexual attraction so you enjoy yourself in a bedroom or whatever that is hugs whatever that is and then the, the third one is in a porter potty go on <laughs> and and the third one is individual passion and being able to share that individual passion with each other without judgment as well if you think about oh, it if you th- that's a hard one Well, you can be passionate about something. You can share that with your partner and they don't need to judge you. They just need to be like, okay, I'm I'm ready to listen. I don't necessarily believe you. Like every single week now, I'm coming up with something new about like the woo-woo world of manifestation, about all of it. That's what I was going to call you today. What? My woo-woo guru. I am the woo-woo guru. Kevin is my woo-woo guru. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so into it, but now I sh- I start sharing it with with Say. So Say is my partner, and and she's like, I, I go on a rant for like 20 minutes, and then she's like, I can see that you're super passionate about it. I I just don't know how to respond to it because I'm not knowledgeable about it. It's like, no, I just appreciate mm-hmm. you listening to me and me being able to develop those ideas. And in the way, I'm also learning how to speak better English because some people just you know butcher me um yeah recurring theme on this on these podcasts <laughs> that's you butchering yourself oh <laughs> uh, yeah so what do you think about those three physical attraction i think passion and emotional availability something... you do, by the way you don't need oh, you don't man. need to have that know. in the beginning like you develop those over time this is why a relationship goes long term it's not a thing that oh you ha- you have that when you start over when you start it's something that you need in order to have a long-term relationship. Like you develop those skills over time. You develop to listen to your partner. You develop to, to be emotionally available for them. You develop to, to be good in the bedroom with them. Like I'm pretty, like every one night stand is like shit. Everyone says it because it's just like, yeah, you don't even know what the other person likes. So it's like you develop each of those skills with that specific person and you are growing together. <laughs> I am mesmerized by the whole like not manufactured connection it is not it is it is a connection that is found not built it is a connection that you kind of stumble into it's almost like something that you weren't aware of until 
you experienced it. And yes, like you can educate, right? Like when I fell in love with Stan, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Because I, I thought I already had my life planned out. And I thought, uh, I just thought I knew what the future looked like for me. And it wasn't having an affair. <laughs> I thought that the future was like me becoming a wife and a mom and being satisfied with that. And then like Stan shows up in my life and it, the way that I felt towards him, right? Like, yes, I was in great pain. In retrospect, I can say that. I could not say that then. That's for damn sure. But what is it about the spark? What is it about two individuals finding themselves together and like all of a sudden trading some of the most intimate stories about themselves with each other? Like, I've never really met anybody in the same way that I met Stan. So I'm almost like asking the world to explain it to me. Well, if anyone knows about it, you can click on the link below and uh, we are happy to hear your answer. Or you can click, actually, no, click on the link below where it says ask a question and give us your opinion about what it is about the spark. You can send, you can send us a recording of yourself and we'll play it in another episode. Yeah, please do. I like posted something recently and there's this one new follower of mine. Her name is Sarah and she's always in the comment section, which is awesome. I love a good comment section cheerleader. And I had said I fell in love with a for the first time in my life while married to someone else, I married the man I fell in love with. And here we are 10 years later. And I still wonder if there's anything cosmic about what we built And she said, she went there. It's about time someone had the courage to speak up about this. P.S. Beautiful family. So you went there. But like, there are people out there. I went there. Yeah. I said, I wonder if there's anything cosmic about like two people finding, finding each other this way. Okay. And I do. I do think so. So here's the thing. Let's go into the woo-woo land. And this might not go into the episode, but you said that what you were thinking your outlet on life was i'm going to be a mom i'm going to have kids the law of the universe is Mm -hmm. it will give you the your desire in the quickest and effortless way possible how much effort would have would it have been to stay with your ex and become a mom and get kids would it take longer for you to get kids with him than with Stan. Yes, absolutely. The law of attraction and manifestation worked for you. She, she brought to, she, she put, she put Stan in front of you. It's like, this is what you want. You want kids, you want a home and you want a man. Oh my God, I did. So that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who is invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.